0: Hello, everyone. This is Ed K. Smith from Online Impact. I'm the co-host of the Domainer Show here with the host, Rob K. Hey, Rob, how are you? Good, Ed. Uh, good to see you, mate. And we are very good. fortunate to have on the show today, all the way from California, USA, Mr. Michael Costello from ccin.com, which is Costello City Internet Network. How are you, Michael? Good to see him. Doing great. Looking forward to the interview. So uh, Michael and I did an interview 11 years ago um, with also with brother David. Um, I can't believe it was 11 years ago. And that was the first time you guys were ever on an interview recorded together. So I, I was history making back <laughs> 11 years ago. Um, something. So we'll, we'll link to that interview uh, for people who want to listen to that because we went into a lot of, a lot of detail and uh, we, we're conscious of Michael's time today. Cause he's had a, he's had a big day um, and his uh, daughter just had the premiere of her new movie oildale. So that's Jessica is a, an actress. Um, so if you haven't heard of that movie, go and check out uh, oildale, a plug for Jessica. It looks fantastic. Can't wait to see it. So um, Michael's been at the premiere of that today. So he's he's had a long day. So, what we wanted to do, Michael, is have a bit of a step back in, in time, because uh, we were just laughing before we hit the record button that all three of us on this interview on this podcast uh, are Musos. Um, Michael you have been in the past the lead singer guitarist of your band Michael Seven. Um, Rob was uh, the bass player in a band called Full Scale, and uh, I'm play the drums in a band here that no one's ever heard of and probably never will. (laughs) That's a good name for a band. Uh, So we're all musos and we were laughing because we just had Ron Jackson on the podcast uh, a couple of days ago, which hasn't gone live yet, Michael. And we were saying how it's quite funny. There's a lot of people who seem to be in the music industry, uh, tend to go towards, uh, domain names. Why do you, why do you think that is?
1: Well, you know, for me, it was, it was just another audience to, uh, to reach out to mm-hmm. uh, back, back in the day, you know, when I was doing music, there's something about obviously creating something and putting it out, putting it out there in front of an audience. Uh, basically you lay yourself kind of emotionally bare to your audience and you know, hopefully they approve of what you're putting out to them because you're writing from what you feel inside with domain names. It was more or less the idea visually that there could be a place where we could create uh, content and define something. So in the idea of something like daycare.com, we could define what daycare was to people. And I think that that's that's quite, uh, you know, in a sense, a novel approach because um, the way people look at something like, let's say, daycare, it's two words. It's day. Sometimes they put a dash in between day and care, or sometimes they just leave it as two different worlds. But over the last 20 years, I would say that the influence that we've had in that website is actually you see a lot more uh, publications, a lot more online media actually use the word daycare as the way that we actually show it in our marketer with the site. So for me, it was creating something, defining it, uh, putting it out there for people to see. Obviously the, these names have a certain credibility and trustability with them. So when somebody, let's say goes to Nashville and Nashville.com says, Hey, here's what's happening. Here's what we think is the best hotel or the best restaurant that carries a lot of legitimacy in a sense defines Uh, certain aspects of what those names or what those words relate to in people's consciousness and how they see that visually or conjure up that image visually in their minds. I think it's very, very creative. So for me, domain names were just another extension of the creative aspect of music.
0: Yeah. And do you know what? That's almost exactly what we talked about the other day with Ron, and uh, we were we were covering a, a similar sort of discussion. Um, one of Rob's uh, pastimes that he likes to uh, delve into is uh, Egyptian uh, history and, and hieroglyphics. Uh, we keep joking saying he must have been a pharaoh in his past <laughs> life. Um, but we, but yeah, and it's so you see you see the name, and you instantly have that that instant recognition and uh, conjure up in your head what you think that website is about or that domain name because of the name. So it's it's sort of inherent. And look, let's go back to some of the domains you've got. Now, you first started uh, becoming aware of domains and registering domains. What year was it? Well, let's see. I was on Prodigy back in 86.
1: And along with that, uh, Prodigy had actually created... Um, five different, what would I say, applications where you could use mm-hmm. a browser, you could use Telnet, you could use Gopher, uh, you could use FTP. It was amazing. I was actually creating files or a content on people's servers that I could actually leave information for other people to come find and, and get to. So in a sense, I guess I was hacking with that, with those <laughs> applications back in the 80s. But I would say with domain names, I more or less came into the awareness of that probably when Bill Clinton said, we're going to open up the informational superhighway or the World Wide Web to commercial use. And I, in my mind, I said, what does that mean? Uh, yeah what exactly does that mean is it it, okay are there addresses how how do you get to these places and in my mind uh, it was a a question mark that I had to find a solution for and that's how I went about doing it nice
2: and so around 1996 um, network solutions started charging a hundred dollars for a domain name registration you had already been buying domain names before then around like 1995 right
1: well, I wasn't buying them. I was registering them for free. Back then, it was wow. in 94, 95. It was first come, first serve. You could really register anything. And uh, whoever was the first to put in the registration uh, would get the name. You know, for me, the hurdle, and it took me months and months to figure this out, <laughs> but the hurdle was what, what is DNS? What is a name server? I had no idea of how to get a name server. And uh, more or less, my, my provider at the time was Netcom. Yeah, and uh, I more or less called them and asked them and said, "Look, it. I need to find out what a net's a net server is a DNS." And they said, "Just use ours." And here are here's our IP number. And as soon as I put that IP number down in the registration, I all of a sudden started getting
0: domain names. It, it was like, "Wow, I finally you know figured it out." It yeah. took me some time. It took me some time. Yeah, no YouTube channels to watch back then on how to how to do things, um, mm-hmm. I and mean, it really was cutting edge really, really cutting edge stuff. And, and uh, say so the early days you've picked up some superb names, which can all be uh, seen on your ccin.com website, uh, which we'll put a link to, but you've got, as you mentioned, daycare.com, um, national, these are all .com, so I won't keep saying .com national, uh, kennel, uh, Palm Springs, golf club, manicure, and one that we are going to be talking about today room.com, dot uh, which is a recent sale that uh, we 'll we'll get to shortly so and you know there 's dozens and dozens more of amazing one word some two word domains um, and I do remember when we first spoke, michael you were you had a quite a different attitude to probably a lot of people back then is that you weren't going crazy and trying to pick up every single domain you could get your hands on. You, you were leaving domains on the table for other people to, to get, which I think was very generous of you considering you had such an insight. So what was your thought process around that?
1: You know, it's just the thing I'm, I'm still in that frame of mind now, but at the time, um, you know, I could have registered out in the Palm Springs area, Indian Wells, um, Palm Desert, there were a lot of other, in that area, there's about seven other cities mm. that really matter. And uh, I decided, you know, there's one that really matters most. No reason for me to gobble up all these others because really I'm not going to be able to create content on all these other sites. I just really wanted to focus on several different names. At the very beginning, I had five names. And I figured for me, that would be, uh, that would be a great way to start. So the idea was, is that, and I, don't mind you, uh, Disney back at the time had like 1,200 names, but they're obviously a big, they were a big company. And and that's something which in a sense they had, I think they had family.com, even though it didn't relate to trademarks, they were reaching out to words which really mattered to them to their, their vertical. Yes. And I found that to be somewhat quite enlightening. So for me, i more or less centered around the names that matter to me. If it was Pebble Beach, because I love golf, it was PebbleBeach.com. Laguna Beach, I love the eclectic, you know, artsy area of the Laguna Beach. I registered Laguna Beach. Golf Club, because I love golf. Kennel, because I love dogs daycare because I homeschooled my children. So even adopt.com for me. So there was things that related to me, things that didn't relate to me. And and believe me, there were a lot of crazy words I could have gotten a lot of pornographic words I could have gotten, but it didn't relate to me. And for me, I thought, you know what? It's not really about the money for me. It matters to me about the names I registered more or less was my mindset. So if you looked at the names that I registered, you more or less saw my mindset. And for me that if that was going to be public, it was going to be something which I was going to, uh, Honor, in a sense, yeah. uh, yeah. What I would create with it. It's like children. You want to, you're going to put into children, in a sense, what you feel is going to be something good, and that they can be creative and constructive with. That's going to help others. And for me, I looked at my domain names as, in a sense, children. Uh, These days, uh, the reason why I'm selling some of my names, and the reason why I'm asking other portfolio owners to do the same is twofold. It's in the sense of Google has gobbled up really so much of the of the marketplace, all the low-hanging fruit, uh, yeah. that they're so domineering that if we don't allow the companies out there that can, let's say, battle them, that can have maybe the addresses that, you know, that can, people that can get direct navigation to their sites, like a room, like room.com, like rate.com, that in essence is what battles Google, who I truly believe is out to diminish the value of domain names because domain names is individual empowerment. When you want a domain name, in a sense, it gives you individual empowerment. And I think Google really wants the ability and a lot of these other tech companies to say, you know, you're going to be part of our walled garden. We're going to give you this stuff for free, but we want your data. We want your DNA. We want your digital DNA. And for us, that is worth billions. And in a sense, that's why I'm saying to a lot of these portfolio owners, you know what? I sold rate.com. For really a lot of, not a lot of money, it was worth a lot more, but it was still a fair deal. Same thing with Whiskey.com. Same thing with Room.com. Um, these names are worth a lot more as far as I'm concerned for the future. I sold them what I thought was a fair price that would really allow a company it was like a startup company. Yeah. Room.com, you can go into this later, but it was more or less, this is going to empower this company. And that, that matters to me now, just as much now as it did back then in 94, 95, 96.
0: Yeah. Well,
2: that, that makes so much sense, Michael. Um, I get what you mean about Google. They don't want um, other domain names to possibly in the future water down their, um, their audience. Um, so, yeah, I haven't thought of it that way before. It's interesting.
1: Google yeah. does not have any competition. The only uh, competition uh. it has is when people can navigate directly. Because search, in a sense, back in the day, my search... Direct navigational search was seventy percent. Now it's down to about thirty percent. Well, what they really taught people over the years is that the internet is Google. The way to find what you need is on Google. And don't get me wrong, search is very important. The original function of Gopher was search. But no one company should dominate any of the five tenants of the internet. And when Employees. I say, okay, when you, when you think about that, that would be like saying Gmail is going to dominate email. Mm. Google is going to dominate search. You cannot have that.
0: No. No, no. It's Yeah, it is, it is absolutely uh, over the top in that sense. And it is um, cornering the market uh, way, way too much. And so there's lack of competition. So, yeah, I think it's fantastic what you've been doing in terms of uh, the process of your thought around selling the, the names. And um, you mentioned one just shortly ago, Whiskey. Uh, which is the spelling? Whisky. Is that right, correct? The correct spelling. The that's correct right. spelling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah the, 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 the correct. Ooh, <laughs> Let's start a debate. Um, um, so that's let's that's talk about. Can can I
2: talk about that one, Ed? Because I'm so excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it. just
0: I'm go, I'm going to drop something in uh, because okay. you know what I'm going to say um, Rob owns bourbon com So he's you know he's into into the 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 American whiskey, yeah. yeah. So go for it, Rob.
2: Um, Yeah, I wish I owned bourbon.com, but I own (laughs) bourbon.com.au. Anyway, in in 1995, the interview was, you know, pretty much viewed as a fad. I've read on a few different places. Um, uh, You 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 registered whiskey.com around then for free, um, mostly because I've read in an interview you've done back then. Um, your band used to play at the Whiskey A Go Go. And I've had the pleasure of my band playing at the Whiskey A Go Go in Hollywood, so I can relate on in that regard, even though it was a, a little bit later. Um, at the time, someone offered you $1,000 from what I've read for Whiskey.com, and, of course, you'd reject that. The same guy came back a year later and said, um, here's your $1,000. And he said, well, you know what? It's a year later. It's now $10,000. He declined that. And I've read that he came back another year later and said, here's your $10,000. And you said, you know what? It's gone up again. This is what happens with domain names. Um, can, you, can you explain more of that story?
1: Well, it actually started at $100. And oh, he wow. had, he, whiskey was one of the five names I registered for free. And uh-huh. Berlin was one of them and uh, Pow Wow was another one in Palm Springs. And at the time, uh, this is about a couple years later, ninety seven, ninety six, ninety seven. 96, 97, when uh, Network Solutions had retroactively said, you know, we're going to give a two-year grace period here between 95 and 97. Anybody who's ever had a domain name that you register for free back from 86 on forward, you're going to pay $100. That's for two years, $50 for each year covering 95 and 96. Um and that will secure the name for you. Um, he basically wrote to me and said, I want whiskey.com. I'm willing to give you $100. And I said, well, that's what domain names cost now. Why would I give it to you for $100? So it was quite uh, interesting. that he And it was this guy it was a professor. And he says, wow. well, I can, re- I can register domain names for $100. I says, well, then do so, please. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it was kind of that kind of language that went back and forth. But he actually, I believe, later on got maltwhiskey.com is one name he settled on. I don't know what he paid for it, but it, it eventually went up to, you know, he came back and says, I'm willing to give you ten thousand. This is like three years later. And I said now it's a hundred thousand. And if he had gotten it a hundred thousand, he would have made himself the three point one million. So
0: even yeah. for a hundred
1: thousand he would wow. have had a great deal, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, I mean, look, the whole story around whiskey dot com is fa- is fantastic, and as you said, you you sold it a few years ago for three point one million. But the story around that, which is, I think, quite fascinating too, is that uh, there was a, a gentleman involved who actually got the deal for you, and you sort of opened it up to this guy. Who technically he wasn't really a broker. Would you like to just expand on that story for us, Michael? Sure.
1: Uh, This is somebody whose name, he had a blog called Toronto Domainer. Yes. And there was a part there where David and I actually set up a corporation in Toronto. And I realized when I was going up there back and forth to Toronto and LA, I said, you know, there's this guy, Toronto domainer. I'm going to reach out to him because he's a domainer. I like sitting down with people and talking about domains. And I reached out to him and that's how I actually got to know him. And he was somebody who actually had migrated with this, not migrated, I guess, well, yeah, he did from Iran, his mother and five or three or four children. And they just really jotted around between uh, Zurich and and Germany and then uh, these different countries to finally settle in Canada. And he was really, really trying for the last 10 years or eight years to get his green card. And I said, you know what, come down to LA. I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll hook you up with some friends. Maybe you'll find yourself a place to live. Maybe you'll find yourself a way to make money and let's get you to, let's get you into, uh, to America, to Los Angeles. And that's basically what he did. And he settled into LA and, uh, like I said, I don't really go out to sell my domain names, but one day he sat there in a coffee shop with me in Playa Doré where I lived, and he said, I want to sell one of your domain names. And I said, okay. And I said, which domain name? And he says, well, how about whiskey.com? I said, okay. <laughs> and he says, how much, how much do you want for it? And I says, three to six million dollars. And he says, okay, I'll get right on it. So just from him going out and, and reaching out to people who had dot uh, de and whiskey.fr and whiskey. all these other cctlds he basically hit on somebody who who had just spent a few hundred thousand dollars on uh, going i guess they registered whiskey.de it was a german mm-hmm. uh, company and uh, he they he found the right person at the right time and they basically said uh, look we're very interested in this name and um he actually had somebody else from England who says I'm all, we're offering you a million pounds and i said well i says they're, they're in the ballpark i says let's you know let 's get them up further and the the german company uh the german person i can 't think of his name off the top of my head sorry That's but right. he said two two million is the is the max that we have two million and i said more or less to uh my friend Tufon, i said uh, Look, I says, I know it's a lot of money and you basically would be giving up a lot of commission, but I, I told you really it has to be between three and six million. And he said, he said, no, I understand. I said, look, there's really no difference in, in looking at something that's $10,000 or $10 million, it's just a number. Go in there and just tell him, look, this is why he needs to buy it. This is why it puts him on a global market. And he said he understood. And he went in there and we went back and forth and he actually got him up to three million. And I said, you know, McAllen Whiskey is actually also looking at the name. Tell him if uh, the buyer, if he goes to $3.1 million, I will not negotiate anymore with anyone else. He will just have it at $3.1 million. And one of the other reasons why I wanted the extra 100000 is because of the vodka.com deal that was for yeah. $3 million. And, and I wanted to really yeah. beat, that, beat that deal. <laughs> I think whiskey's a lot better than vodka, so I
0: think it had to go for more. Absolutely. And, and, Absolutely. and they Absolutely. did and they, they
1: come up. They came up with the $3.1 million and that's how that went about. So he made himself, you know, I think at the time I was given ten percent, and he made three hundred ten thousand dollars. And he was basically crying over; it. he broke down over it when I, when we gave him the check because he was just so That's appreciative. Of That's life, right That America, What America and and what happened for him, and he had always tried to, you know, wanted to come to America, and he felt, wow, this is the opportunities that were here. And I was great; he got, he got that. That's a fantastic That's a awesome story. story, and yeah, uh,
0: it was. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I get. Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps here in that one. That's that's brilliant. That's um, yeah, life changing amount of money for for most people, and uh, I think that was great that you gave him the opportunity to do it because a lot of people are pretty precious about their names and they only want um, a, you know a certain particular company or broker to, to do the deal, uh, and this guy was he was not a professional broker, was he? He was just a domainer. Design.
1: No, he, he was, he basically dabbled in domain names and sold names for a thousand dollars here or there. And uh, like I said, I think when you're in front of a name like that, uh, he more or less in his email conversations, I said, look, it, let's curtail this together. Here's what you need to say. And here's what, how we're going to approach this. Basically teaching him along the line why these domain names, these kind of generic domain names are so powerful, why you have the leverage in negotiations, you know, how to go about doing that. I think you learned a very valuable lesson when you're behind a name like that, you really have all the leverage. You have to really choose it that way. And you have to present it that way. And you can really show in a sense, no weakness. You don't have to show weakness. You can simply walk away. And uh, I think, you know, that, that really is a situation where when you can walk away from something, it really puts you in a position of power. And, but at the same time, you have to finesse it and know where's the right, you know, I would st- tell you, I couldn't have gone more than 3.1 million. I know that.
0: And I would say even with the Room.com deal, they were at their max. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, t- we'll talk about it in a sec, but I can see Rob is dying to ask you a question about that.
2: What? I just, yeah, I'm just excited about all this stuff. Um, I guess he he did get, I don't know, I wouldn't say the word lucky, but he he had the timing seems to be right. But he at that moment he had to step step up and hustle like we do as entrepreneurs and domain investors, and and he pulled it off. So even though it was life changing and um, the timing was right, he had obviously had a lot to do with with that, and of course you did as well by. By letting
1: him know that he he had the power and he was capable of doing it. That's right. That's right. So he learned a valuable lesson. I think we both did, and uh, it, it's it 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 empowered me at a time also when the new the new GTLDs were coming out. And if you remember back then, everybody was saying, oh, that's it. You know, what are your names? You're going to get rid of your names. What are you going to sell them? You got to bail on them. What are you going to sell them for now? (laughs) Less less than five figures, six. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. No, (laughs) no. I was definitely not one of those people, can I just say. (laughs) So it was like in Palm Springs back in 97. It was like going there during the summer when there was no season. It was 115 degrees and trying to tell people, you need to advertise on palmsprings.com. They were like, no, there's no season. I said, yes, this is the time to advertise because people are setting up their itineraries now for the season. And yeah. it was the same thing. It was like, that's the best time to go hit them. when it's, they, You think it's the worst time? No, it's actually the best time. Same with yeah. thing with selling whiskey.com. Everybody said .com is dead. I said, no. I'm going to show you with this name that it's not the it's not the worst time. It's the yeah. best time.
0: Yeah, it, awesome. It, it yeah, that still astounds me. I just, I mean, to me, it was clear as day. I, it just made absolutely no sense that all these new domain extensions are going to come along and trounce a 25-30 year established uh, domain extension that's had trillions of dollars of advertising behind it. That's right. That's it's right. Just, yeah. It's, it was it wasn't logical to me. And I thought, yeah, a few, a few will get some legs and do okay, but then just, they just they, no, they haven't. And <laughs> they, they haven't even gotten anywhere near to even like a, a, a CC or D extension. There hasn't even, no, not even close to even ours. And we've only got 25 million people in our country. So, um, and the, the, the the.com.au does, does very well and is, is getting getting better, but. Absolutely. I don't know if Michael's
2: up to date with the Australian market, but um, a couple of weeks ago, we did a show where money.com.au, which is the Australian CCTLD, that Mm -hmm. sold for $400,000 in Australia.
1: Oh yeah. Listen, uh, I had said back at the, one of the first geo domain conferences in Chicago, Chicago. Mm -hmm. I believe it was, or maybe it was San, I believe it was San Francisco. You know, somebody asked you, what, what are the extensions you feel are are worth money in what order? And I really actually had said at the time, it was .com and .tv. Now understand that, you know, most people think, well, it's got to be .com, .net, .org at the time. I, I get that. But for me, CCTLDs were like number two. So you had .com, CCTLDs, and .tv. Yeah. So for me, the, the country codes are, it's like soccer. People wear their flags. It's yeah. very important for them. You can have a market within your own country, and you don't ever even need to deal outside of that market. But at the same time, you can have that market, CCTLD, just like the guy in whiskey. He had his, his, his whiskey.de. Mm. He wanted both. He realized yes. it was a global market for whiskey and it was also a local market for whiskey. So I believe they work very well together. You can have a marketing strategy, strategy that includes a lot of different ways to promote your brand. But make sure that you own your brand. Nothing wrong in having a Facebook.com slash something, you know, whatever or Twitter.com or, you know, Instagram.com, that's all part of your marketing, but your base foundation has to be what you own and what you carry and what you can always manage to drive traffic to. So for me, uh, CCTL, these are are
0: very, very important. I'm into that.
2: And when you were talking about having, it's okay to have like a twitter.com slash or Instagram, that being said, of course, you need your own domain name as best as you can afford with your budget, because what happens in three years when, you know, Instagram's not popular anymore, or in eight years when Facebook's like MySpace and it's not popular anymore, you've got to have that concrete, solid, your own
0: domain name, where you're in control of yourself for your whole life. It'll never happen, Rob. (laughs) <laughs> of course, yeah. it it's, it's happening as we speak. With Instagram not showing likes anymore, people are freaking out. They're going, "Oh no!" Well, um. you know, it,
1: it's interesting because, uh, like I tell people, when I set up my own email servers or my own websites, I can direct traffic or email between, let's say, my my brother, people that have their own specific controlled email addresses you're not going to get ads popping up on Facebook because you're writing on a Gmail account because really your Gmail accounts or your Yahoo accounts are really open to the public. So things that you will actually write within those email accounts will be sifted through and more or less they're looking at your digital DNA with that. But when I'm connected between my brother and I on our own email servers, nobody has current control of that. We have direct control between those two. I think in the future when people really start to understand uh, location, 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 owning your own property in the internet. Why is it so important at some point everybody to be able to control that and it's, it's actually not hard to do. I think, I think people are going to start to realize why that's so important. Right now it's more or less the internet has become more of, I would hate to say it, more of a, a fad. For what it originally was as a Rolodex, because now when you look at what's going on with Google and Amazon or whatnot, these are not virtual places that that are that are places where you see individual people with their own ideas and their own uh, setups and their own pages. Everything has become cookie cutter. And, and, the reason, and, and the problem with that is redundancy. When you have redundancy, that's really where the hackers, and that's really where people gain so much control because there's so much redundancy that to really they go after the big, the, let's say the, the cookie cutters. They know if they hit one person, they can hit a million other people like that. But when you have your own website, you have your own design, you have your own creativity, that in a sense is security in itself. Because you're into redundancy yep. and people are going to learn that. I think in the future, this is a, this is a long-term, uh, you know, experiment. But the one thing that is always going to be definitive is location, location, location. Can you own that locational name? Can you own that name? that, in a sense, conjures up something that you own, that you can define. It's very, very important. That to me is invaluable, so if you yeah. have a name like manicure.com or you have a name like Nashville.com, I can name, you know, probably 2000, 2000
0: others. Uh, that is invaluable. Completely. Yeah. No, no argument from either of us. And it is interesting that it's taken 30 years for people to, you know, a, a lot of us obviously had woken up to it earlier. you, as as an example Uh, but there's a lot of people who are only really just starting to come to realize that and uh, Rick Schwartz has talked about this a lot in his uh, Twitter videos that he's been putting out there that you know there are a lot of people who are actually starting to realize that if you don't own the platform you don't control anything and handing over all the power to Facebook and Google and and Twitter uh, you're asking for trouble because they can change the game on you in any, at any moment. And it's happened and it will keep happening. Uh, right. So, and who's
1: protecting us? I
0: mean, yep. uh,
1: you know, I'm on, I'm in, within, ICANN, I'm in the business constituency. I've been there for over 10 years and for me it's very frustrating because to a certain extent I they come across as a, as a nonprofit In a lot of ways they're, they're profit driven and you know, they can, they can create regulations in a sense to, to hamper the kind of abuse that's going. On. I know people want a free and open internet, but what's really happened right now is that that free and open internet has really been co-opted in a sense of where there are monopolies that are controlling the internet. And when you yeah. have five tech companies that are cl- worth close to $4 trillion, Oof, if you yeah. think about that when an economy – it crushes the middle class. So think about that. You know, you have 50 states, let's say, what would would $10,000, $100 million companies in each state do for a state? If there were 10,000 of them. Yep, a lot. that, 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 That would be incredible. So these five companies have drawn so much power and so much leverage that they create their own gravity, in a sense. When people talk about California as the sixth largest economy in the world, it's only because of Silicon Valley.
0: Yeah. yeah without
1: yeah. without that, we we are not the economy you think that we are. So mm-hmm. it, it, people have to understand, and the government, to a certain extent, I hate to bring the government into this, but there is within within America. If you think about the Industrial Revolution, you think about Carnegie and Rockefeller and Vanderbilt yeah. and and uh, you know Chase Morgan or whatever, uh, these monopolies. At some point, you realize that they were in a sense, so big, they were more powerful than the government. Oh, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. And, the, and the president was the only one that really had the power to say, no, you know what? This is not right. We're going to break you up. We're going to use this, the Supreme Court and the Sherman antitrust laws to bring you into, into, into play. So it, it didn't destroy them. It just allowed the entrepreneurship of America to blossom for the next 20 or 30 years, because people then had a way to, to, to get into these markets and create their own markets. Look at, back in the day, what really kept these companies from really getting too much into the backwoods or the back doors of America was logistics. You know yeah. but right now, what's happening now is you could have a Walmart because of the Internet in every small town and every city in, in America. Mm. You cannot, as a small business, ever compete with that. You can't.
0: No. Uh, no. Very, very true. And so we're starting to see some things happen with the big corporations that are now in, in Congress and, and various things, but it's very, very slow that it's happening. And, so, and there's a lot of corruption and a lot of money. It uh, greases a lot of palms and makes things very difficult for change to happen. But, but I think uh, vote by your wallet, vote by where you go as an individual. And um, don't necessarily hand it all over to companies like Facebook and, and Google. The irony yeah, is,
2: that's I'm, I'm... what I why I don't understand how even small business doesn't have their own like domain name. It doesn't have to be a three million dollar domain name or a hundred thousand dollar domain name. It can be a hundred dollar domain name. I don't understand how there's vans driving around in in Perth, Western Australia, with like their Facebook um, oh, page crazy. on the side of their. They're, they're literally promoting Facebook for free and uh, letting Facebook control their entire online brand.
1: Well, you know, it's, uh, I kind of go back to economics, Uh, you know, on the back of the dollar, American dollar bill there's a pyramid. And if you really look at that pyramid, there's another smaller period on top, that's got a little eye in it, you know, it's like they're all seeing eye. So there's a reason why the base is so wide. And the reason yeah. why the tip is so small. And I think that that's when you l- really look at the reason why there's maybe those who are uh, more apt to making uh, bigger money than those who don't. I mean, we want everybody to be uh, successful, but if everybody was successful in reality, everyone would be poor. So we have to, there is a, a sense of that there has to be those who do succeed more than others. We try to help those who can, those who get it, hopefully will succeed more. Those who don't will probably hopefully learn by, failure, which is just as important as success.
2: Wow. Well said. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Completely true. Completely true. So let's um, move on to a subject that has happened recently in the sale of room.com. Tell us how that came about. How long, first of all, how long have you had that name for Michael? Well, that would be since 97. 97. Okay. Long-term one.
1: 22 years. Most of my names, I believe, were between 1994. in 1997.
2: And, so you would have paid about $100 for it really um, and you waited 22 years to give it to the, and like you said, you, you sold it for a reasonable price. You could have held onto it for longer but you waited 22 years to give it to the right
1: person, people. Right. Uh, it, it More or less uh, the story and uh, hopefully your viewers will go see, you can put up a link and they can read the story. Mm-hmm. But in brief, um, I was more or less Involved with as a musician, random access recording. So back then everything was tape, and wow, what an idea to actually be able to take music and put it on a file on your computer. Imagine what you can do with a file. We all know what can happen with that now, but back then it was like, imagine if we could do that. Yeah. So, you know, more or less the the, the person who was a, a, a golden voice, Walt Baby Love, was someone that uh, uh, one of my friends who was an executive at uh, Tim Pan alley Records says, you know, Walt was with westwood one he had the countdown radio show it was a huge radio show uh african american radio show and uh, he's he was starting a gospel radio show called gospel tracks and uh, my friend said look you got to come by and see what this guy's doing i mean you really might want to check a studio out before you go check out these other studios and we said, sure I'll, I'll go check it out and he more or less came into my studio which basically was computers and yes. computer screens and converters and he was like Where's the studio? And I was like, well, this is a studio. So it, it more or less went about that he ended up saying, wow, this is incredible. And I want to do my radio show here. So in that interim between nine, March of 1995, when he, we started the show, and about 1997, when I had actually also sold powwow.com, because people weren't buying domain names back then. Yeah. I think G, GNN sold for maybe 55000 That was the biggest sale that I knew of at the time. So I sold powwow for 25000 And Walt was like, what did you just do? He was trying to understand because I was always saying, you know, these domain names, this a domain names, that. And uh, at some point when they realized, wait a minute, there's money to be made in those, in those hills. There's gold in those hills. <laughs> yeah, It was kind of like, can you explain to me? I says, well, I'll try to explain to you. This is why this is happening. And this is when he said, well, look at what can I do to get involved? And I says, well, do you have $3,000? He says, sure. And I says, well, I can get you 30 names. Let's just do 30 names and we'll split it. I'll get the names. I'll choose the names. You just put in the money and I'll, we'll just split it 50-50. It's done deal. So, wow. you know, at that, at that point, we just, we got a lot of really great names and, oh. uh, that's just, uh, it was wonderful for him. And, you know, he all, you know, he also has names because I registered names for him like preach.com. This is a preacher. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah. And and there were names like that that just were really mattered to him. And, um, that's what we did. So we actually had even ebony.com and there's a kind of a story about that. I'll tell you that nobody knows about, but ebony.com at the time, um, they were a huge magazine. They were owned by the Johnsons who were billionaires. They basically got the largest law firm in the world to come after us. And basically this is 1997 it says, we're going to sue you for everything you're worth. We're going to take everything from you. <laughs> and I, I basically said, have at it because I was dealing with Pebble uh-huh. beach for a couple of years here. And I basically told them to go pound sand. Wow. So I basically, I basically told Ebony, you know what, come, let's do it. And Walt was like, I can't do it. I, you know, I've got, all this, you know, my son, my wife, my home. And I said, Walt, you don't understand this is, they're not going to win. They're going to lose. And if anything, they're going to pay. And Walt was like, I I can't do it. I can't (laughs) do it. I'm too worried about this. And I said, okay, fine. We gave it to them. We gave it to them. Oh, man. Oh, no. (laughs) But at that point I basically said, well, out of these names, I'm going to take these five names that I know, probably somebody could come at us and I'm going to take them for myself. So you don't have to deal with them. So I don't have to lose my half of it. And some of those names were like Islanders.com and Steelers.com. I had Steelers.com. I actually ended up giving it to the NFL uh, for nothing. I basically told him, look at it. There's nothing I can do with Steelers. Uh, just at the time Walt was a Steelers fan he was from Pittsburgh and I said you know and they said the lawyers said wow that's amazing because the Panthers you know this guy owns Panthers.com Dolphins.com they want money and we're trying to work out something with us I said well I understand that but you know what Steelers it's yours I should have said how about some VIP tickets to the yeah. next Super Bowl team? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they yeah. won the Super Bowl game like four years later. So oh. you know what? Oh. But it's okay. But you know, those yeah. are the kind of names that I I basically said, I'm taking these names, I'll fight for them or not. So we still have like islanders, I think it was a couple others that David and I now own. But at the
0: time, uh Reciprocity, mate. Reciprocity. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, that's that's fantastic. So so how did the sale of room.com come about? were you, were you guys approached? To buy that, or were you outwardly marketing it?
1: Well, at, at the time, um, um, if I got the name right, Mark Daniels from um, uh, oh geez, why can't I remember the name of the company here? But it's uh, John Ferber's company down in Delray Beach, mm-hmm. Domain Holding, Domain Holdings, I believe. Yes, Domain Holdings. Uh, Mark Daniels had actually uh, written to me and said, "Look, it, I have a, I have an interested party." And I know who I know who he is because he's been at a lot of the conferences and we've spoken in the past. So I I have probably ten years with uh, him, knowing him, but I'd never done business with him. And he says, you know, we're we're talking about three, four hundred thousand dollars. And I says, well, we're we're in a completely different ballpark. Yeah, yeah. And he said, uh, he says, oh, okay, but he says, what are you what are you looking for? I said, well, it's a seven figures, and you know, come back to me if you you get somebody at that level. And he said, fine. So we were more or less going back and forth over a period of time, maybe a year. And it came to a point where I think this company, maybe for whatever reason, that was interested had come into some other uh, second round of funding or whatnot. And they were probably doing very well for with their product that they had. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know. He really didn't tell me at the time. I didn't really know who it was. So I was working through an intermediary in- 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 uh, and, and, uh, and Mark was the middleman. And it was more or less I didn't know who the uh, company was, which is fine. Um, so I had originally told him $4 million. Right. Okay. Interesting for me. Uh, yeah. And uh, we went back and forth on that and it got to a point where, uh, you know, it was no, no, no. And he said, uh, look at they're they're at a million, but they think it's irresponsible if they, as a company for them to go above that. And I really took that to heart. I really took that. That was a company who was really bearing their heart on that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was somebody who was really trying to, uh, to you know, to, to squirrel with the deal. And I thought to myself, okay. I've got a. There's an area here. There's a window. So I basically told them. I told Mark, look at, you get me 1.5 million, and they came back with 1.3 million. And I said, there's no deal. I'm not going less than 1.5 million. That's it. Because you know, I said 4 million. And right now, they're just they're making bang on it. That name. It it doesn't matter if they if they even go out of business. That name is an asset value that will get them more than that money. That is crazy. demand. I mean, they can literally.
2: They yeah, can it, cover it, they can cover LA and, and New York in a post art with literally just room.com on it, nothing
1: else. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So for me, I, I knew what I was giving them, but at the same time, there's a part of me that says these names are sitting dormant. They've gotta be with the right people. Their name, then when I saw who it was, get room, and they even had get a room. And you know that story. I approached the people at like GetaRoom.com. The guy used to own Hotels.com. He's worth two billion dollars. I offered him the name back in like 2009. He wasn't interested. Imagine your company's name is GetaRoom.com. You've got two billion. You're worth two billion dollars, and here's Room.com, the absolute best single word you could have, as good as Hotels.com. Shorter, four letters, not five, and he doesn't want it. Wow. So Here's a company that had get a room and it was basically these phone booths like cubicles where you could actually have them in your own flat, your own office space, put up four or five or six of them. They can go up to six, seven, eight people, one person. And they're, you know, they're uh, soundproof and they've ventilated and you has a little desk there. And I thought, what a great idea. These people are going to do great. So for room.com, it's the perfect name for them. And, uh, and they came up to the 1.5 in reality, after all, the, um, after all the money involved, I believe they paid about 1.6.
0: Yeah. Still yeah. bargain. Complete, complete. Yeah,
1: absolutely, Yeah. Absolutely.
0: But it's a, it's fascinating. Um, so you, you've got quite a few names. Are you, uh, which names have you got in your, don't, you, have, you don't have to name them all, but I mean, you've got some names that you would maybe not want to sell, um, that, that are like personal favorites. Um, yeah,
1: we have about a thousand names. There's a lot of really good other names that I have like DNA match and DNA search. But for me, those are not the generic types mm-hmm. uh, that I would call the standalone names like manicure.com. To me, my three favorite, uh, just because if there were, if I was going to be left with three names, it would be Nashville.com because that is just a mega town.
0: Oh, yeah. And there's
1: only one name for that town, uh, and that's Nashville. That's it. PalmSprings.com, which is really a—it's an oasis in the desert. It is a great yeah. town. Yeah. Um, and probably which—which mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which I, I love that name, Traveler. I'm—I've always been a traveler, and I just—I love that name. So those would be the three names. I could probably probably go on from there. Uh, you know, I love TGIF.com. I love Daycare.com. I love GolfClub.com. I love Manicure.com. But you know, if the right offer comes around, and uh, I'll make a deal, just yeah. like with rate, Rate.com, that made that company a billion billion dollar company. When they, when Guaranteed Rate, most people can't spell the word Guaranteed. When Guaranteed yeah. Rate came and they bought Rate.com, yeah. they made billions of dollars. I'm just telling you there. Yeah, wow! Absolutely, paid.
0: that's completely completely true. When did uh, when did you sell Rate.com, Michael? Was that? And that was
1: about two. 2016
0: maybe 2016 okay yeah i don't know whether that one was covered a lot because i i didn't uh, see much on that one maybe it was just me missing it but um yeah that's a fantastic fantastic name wow michael i've been meaning to ask you a question um
2: do you think you know how the the tech bubble kind of burst around 2000 just after just before yeah um do you, did you get a lot of your names around that time or was it more around the time when network solutions in 1996 started charging a hundred dollars instead of it being free to get a domain name?
1: Right. So the, the big names, cause you know, Frank was around 2000 and uh, he, that's when he started getting his names. He was just Frank scripting Schilling about, we're talking about is that right? yeah, Frank, Frank King King and Hamm. Kevin, yep. Kevin Hamm, they basically wrote scripts to, to, to gobble up these names there was a there was a tasting period i don't know if if you remember but there was a five-day tasting period at the time so their their niche was that time my niche was before that and and their niche is basically gobbling up gobbling up all these names having a five-day period where they could actually script out with the pay-per-click with maybe yahoo and seeing what names actually generated uh click through Uh, pricing that would pay for itself so they were printing money on on trees basically that (laughs) was that was a beautiful situation for them they figured that out we figured it out in 97 with these generics and frank had always said told me he says you know i have you know two hundred thousand names and it costs me how many millions of dollars a year to every year to re-register those um but you know for him it would have been much more profitable i think if he had gotten 300 of the best generic names so for yeah. me, that's that's where it's at. So David and I, uh, you know, within that 95, 90, you know, 2000, 2000, I'm sorry, 1995 to 1997 was that period where we got the drops because I was aware of the, uh, of the buffer, that week-long buffer that was sitting there because everything was blowing up. Mm-hmm. People were trying to get registrations. There were maybe two guys that were managing the dot-com database at the time who were probably overwhelmed. Wow. And, uh, you know, there's a point there where they were just a week behind. I knew they were a week behind because there was a certain uh, time when I was trying to get Jesus.com. And uh, I realized at 12 o'clock midnight, when I thought that drop was going to happen, I put in the registrations, like 20 of them at that time, the hour before and the hour after. And within a minute after the 12 o'clock hour, there was a registration with somebody else's name on it. And I says, how could that possibly be possible? And that's when I realized that there was a buffer. And I figured yeah. out it was a, a week on buffer. There was maybe only five people in the world that I think knew that. Wow! And that's how I was able to get the drops is that I went and registr- I went and researched through Telnet all of these generic names, found out the ones that had drop dates and whatever the drop dates were of these slew of names that I had, I started uh, reg- uh, sending in the registrations uh, a week in advance. And there was man. another guy in Canada named Philip Maru and he actually hired college students. So he had, he was smarter than me. He got about six college students and he had these people, he had them on the payroll and he had them putting it in an all day long.
0: So he got a lot of great names. He got a lot of great names too. Oh man, but that oh, was man. such a, a small window of time. Yeah, that was, yep. Absolutely. yeah, but, see, but it was, it was timing and awareness uh, because I knew about domain names back then. I registered domain names back then, but it, the penny had really not dropped of the the forward thinking um, that you were you were doing. And uh, yeah, it's one of those things where you go, "If only hindsight." But anywho, that's how it is. Uh, but well, I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think that there will be
1: a, another time where there will be things for free. No, but that's not. not to say that there aren't these incredible deals like now, because I'm telling you, these dot-com, single dot-com domain names that are being bought right now out there, and I'll mention a name. You know, Brett Oxley is a very aggressive uh, buyer-investor. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a smart man, and uh, I think he's really uh, accumulating himself a portfolio that is absolutely dynamite. Um, I'm more into selling to the end users, uh, that really are going to be able to build out these names, but, um, I think there's still an incredible opportunity here. I mean, we registered national.com in 2002 for hundred thousand dollars and that in itself to me was an incredible deal. So I think that yeah. there are those kinds of deals out there now. And if there's a way you can generate, uh, a loan from a bank or something. I've been saying this for a long time. Yeah. If you know, have you done your due diligence? and so you know this name is a great
0: name. It's going to you know give you a great return. You know, spend the money. A- absolutely. Um, so you mentioned. Uh, so Brett Oxley isn't he the guy that had uh, host skater? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. He sold HostGator skater and he bought invested like he bought thirty or forty million dollars worth of domain names.
1: Yeah. And he had his window and his
0: window is what he did with HostGator.
1: And like I said, there's always these windows that are opening. Mm. Are you seeing them? Are you seeing them approaching? Is there a way you can do that and minimize your risk? Is there a way you can put it out there and get it going and see what kind of uh, traffic or generation of revenue you can get and then build it out as it builds with you so Mm. that the risk is low? Uh, yeah. You know, there's always these opportunities. I think there always will be those opportunities and you just have to go out there and be willing to occasionally take gambles. Just don't go too far out of the, uh, you can know so much so far ahead of time, you can go bankrupt, being knowing too much too far out ahead. You know what yeah, I'm saying? And, like, and, yeah. and push
2: it as far as it can go and then know when to get out, I guess. Sure
0: yeah 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 timing timing time in and timing <laughs> awesome well wow look rob and i could pin you down and talk uh, domain names until the wee hours of the morning for you but you've had a long day and uh, we greatly appreciate the time you've taken uh, to to come on the show michael it's been a true pleasure having you back on again um, likewise and uh, Rob, is there any final thoughts or questions before we let Michael Gunn sleep?
2: Not at this moment, but um, I, I, I hopefully the next big sale which is probably around the corner for Michael. It'd be great if we could get him on again and then maybe talk more music next time too.
1: <laughs> sure, sure. You know, like I said, I tell Ron Jackson who I call the, the scribe of the domain name industry, yeah. um, you know, that yeah. uh, there, there's so many great stories, you know, obviously I've had so many years in the business, just so many great stories that I, I, I love to tell hopefully it'll be wrapped around, you know, a, a sale that We'll have a backstory to it that we can talk about in the future. And obviously, if it includes music or uh, nice cars or nice, nice uh, Harleys, we'll we've got an added advantage with that. Yes, oh, cool. yes, right. ab-
0: absolutely. You being a Lamborghini owner, Michael, we'll, we'll touch on <laughs> Lambos next time. <laughs> there so you go. Um, fantastic. All right, well, uh, thanks, Rob. Thank you, Michael, again. It's been a, a, an honor having you on the show. And uh, we'll, we'll speak to you next time around. And uh, say, say congratulations to Jessica for us on her movie. Looking I will forward to see seeing it. Thanks so much, guys. And uh, we'll right. talk soon. Peace. Thanks. Take care. See you. Okay. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.